Well, again, I'm excited to be here this morning. I decided this morning as I was getting ready uh, to preach that um, I think the last Sunday of 2017 is officially my favorite day to preach. I was just excited thinking about who was going to be here. And you know what? With it snowing, I got even more excited. I thought, oh, man. The people who are going to brave the cold and the, the icy roads, they're going to come expecting the Lord to do something. They're, they're coming ready to receive. Because why else would you brave uh, these frigid temperatures and icy roads and getting kids ready? Why else would you do that unless you expected to receive something today? You, you wouldn't do it unless you thought it was worth it. And so I'm excited for today. I, I, I'm, I hope you are too. And so I'm just going to say another quick word of prayer, and then uh, we're just going to jump right into it. Father in heaven, I just pray that you would... Um, move and work and speak today, um, and, I, and I know and acknowledge that uh, you don't need me uh, to speak, uh, but I just pray, Father, that you would use the words that, that you've put on my heart, uh, that you and your spirit would make them powerful and effective for all of us uh, to look towards 2018 with hope, uh, with uh, perseverance, with joy, and with expectation. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, I'm also extremely excited because, as you guys know, I'm kind of a Scrooge, and Christmas is over. Uh, the, day after, the day of Christmas, Christine and I were driving, and I said, hey, guess what? Tomorrow, there's not going to be any Christmas music on the radio. And she looked at me like I had horns coming out of my head, and I was really being sincere. I was really excited about not having to listen to Christmas music 24-7. But unfortunately, after Christmas begins the March towards January 1 and New Year's resolutions. And I think it's interesting. I did a little bit of research on New Year's resolutions, and I found some some interesting statistics that I wanted to share with you. Uh, According to the Journal of Clinical Psychology, approximately 50% of the U.S. population makes New Year's resolutions each year. So of the U.S. population, about half of us dare to risk to make a New Year's resolution. And I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting because I think innately we all understand that examining our life and looking at the things that we're weak in, looking at the things that we need to develop, looking at the areas that we could stand to grow in, we, I think we all innately, 100% of us, understand that that's, that's good and that, that's healthy and that we should all do that. But then we have this statistic saying that really only about 50% of us are willing to commit to look at 2018 and make some decisions about how we could be better and stronger in the new year. And I think the reason only 50% of us dare to take that risk is because resolutions have become synonymous with failure. Anytime that we think about that word resolution, just the idea of failing and not making it and not seeing it through come to mind. And I think the statistics show that. In fact, uh, the Statistic Brain Research Institute found that in 2016, only 9.2% of people surveyed felt that they had achieved their New Year's resolution. So of the 50% of the population that dared to take the risk, only 9.2 felt like the risk was worth it and they actually achieved what they set out to achieve in, the, in 2016. Also, a, an article in, in usnews.com offers some very similar research and, and statistics. It states that roughly 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February. 
So of the 50% who risk, 80% of those have failed or have given up or have stopped by February. And I think when we look at those statistics and we talk to our friends and our coworkers and, and we start thinking about resolutions, it's very easy to start despising the idea of making a resolution for this next year. And I want to look at that word despise. It's a pretty important word. This is how despise is, is defined. And see if, if you've ever felt these emotions or thought these thoughts or uh, used these words when you're thinking about making that commitment to lose weight or to save more money or pay off debt. To despise means to regard with contempt, distaste, disgust, disdain, scorn, or my favorite, loathe. I mean, that just feels like an emotional word. I loathe the idea of making a New Year's resolution. And I think it's important for us to understand that word despise, uh, particularly because that word is also in the scripture uh, that we read today and the scripture we're going to look at today. I think it's, it's key for us to, to understand. Now, I know you all came here braving the snow, and, and I haven't been too inspiring up to this point with my discouraging statistics. So I want to share with you what, what I hope for today, what I hope for us. There's, there's two different groups that I hope to uh, to make an impact on today. The first group is uh, those of you in the room who have decided that rather than fail, it's better just to not try at all. It's better just not to make a resolution. I hope to inspire you to, take a, to step out in faith and trust the Lord for success in 2018. So if you've decided, I'm not doing New Year's resolutions, I'm fine the way I am, you know, I get around just fine in my, in my, in my brokenness, I hope to inspire you to hope for success in a new way through the Lord Jesus in 2018. Now for the brave 50% of you roughly uh, who are still continuing to make resolutions but you're discouraged because you made a resolution in 2016 and you failed. You made a resolution for 2017 and you failed. Uh, and you're looking at 2018 with kind of a hesitation. Um, I hope to inspire you to follow what I believe is a biblical method for success in your New Year's resolutions. I hope that all of us leave with some inspiration and with a renewed commitment to trust the Lord in a new way in 2018. But in order for us to do that, uh, we have to address what I call the shoot for the moon mentality. Okay, the shoot for the moon mentality. Tell me if you've, if you've ever heard this quote. This is a very well-known quote by a guy named Les Brown. He said, shoot for the moon even if you miss You'll land among the stars. Doesn't that sound beautiful? Shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Now, I'm not totally disconnected, and, and I'm, I say this a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. I mean, I understand what Mr. Brown is trying to say, but here's the problem with this quote. Stars exist in a deadly vacuum called space that is completely uninhabitable by humans. Right? If you try to live among the stars, you'll die. Right? If you shoot for the moon and you miss and you land among the stars, the life will be sucked out of you and it will be, be horrible. You won't enjoy it. But honestly, that's what we try to do. That's what we try to do with our New Year's resolutions. We decide uh, at the end of December, uh, getting ready for January, we decide, you know what? I need to lose some weight, I'm going to lose 60 pounds in three months. I can do it. If I eat cardboard and water, I can do it, right? 
Uh, we look at 2018, we say, you know what, I'm going to pay off all my debt in a couple months. I'm going to pay off a mountain of debt in a couple months. The kids are going to eat beans. I'm going to walk to work. We're going to pay off a mountain of debt in two months. Or we look at our marriages and we say, you know what, just one conversation. If me and my wife can just have one good conversation, we'll save our marriage. Just, just one conversation. We make, we make these big resolutions and we, make this, this, we have this idea that we're going to knock it out of the park in one or two easy steps. That's living that way is like trying to live among the stars. Because anytime you make a commitment, you're going to experience setbacks. You're going to experience hiccups and, and, and trip-ups. But when you're living among the stars and you're trying to swing for the fence every time, when you ha- experience those small failures, it'll suck the life and the hope and the perseverance right out of you. Because when you set up that kind of scenario and you say, I'm going to lose 60 pounds in three months, I'm going to swing for the fences, I'm going to aim for the moon, I'm going to just, just go for broke in the first two to three months, really what you're saying is it's all about you. It's all about your strength, your perseverance, your grit, your level of commitment. It's all about you. And so I better just use all my strength in one or two big swings because uh, that's all I'm going to be able to do. I'm not going to be able to make it 12 months. Now, I want to be clear on something. I'm not saying having big dreams is bad. I'm not saying having large aspirations and visions and hope for your life are a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying at all. Please hear that. But what I am saying is that I think we should consider changing the process of our pursuit of those goals. I believe the Lord wants you to have a big vision for your life and, and, and believe that your life can have a big impact. But I believe we've got to stop thinking that we can get to where God wants us to be in, in you know, three easy payments of $19.99. I don't believe that's a biblical method for success. We've got to change the process of pursuit of those goals. That's why I want to encourage us today to consider the wisdom that I believe God shared through the prophet Zechariah. I'm going to read that verse for you again. This is Zechariah 4.10. Do not despise. So don't loathe or contempt or, or view in distaste these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Now I want to give you a little bit of background. Zechariah was a prophet, and he was a prophet to uh, the leader, one of the leaders of Israel, and his name was Zerubbabel. Funniest name in the Old Testament, by far. So Zerubbabel was actually tasked by God to rebuild the temple that had been destroyed when the nation of Israel went into exile. Now, The first time that the temple was built uh, was in the heyday, in the peak of the power and strength of of Israel. David had been king, and he had just just, uh, ruled and reigned and defeated people and collected money. And so the, the scenario was perfect for his son Solomon to rebuild the temple. But Zerubbabel was tasked with rebuilding the temple uh, when the nation of Israel had less influence, fewer resources, 
there was discouragement among the people. If you remember, not too long ago, we talked about this when the, when the foundation was laid that the people wept because it wasn't the, as, as glorious as the first temple. So the people were discouraged. Uh, there was opposition among the enemies around Israel. There were poor crops. There was an unstable economy. And the people were habitually not obeying God. So from a human perspective, the statistics for success for Zerubbabel were about as good as our statistics of success at achieving our New Year's resolutions. It's pretty low. He didn't have a great, from the human perspective, he didn't have a great chance of success statistically about as much as we do. But here's what I want you to see. I love this. The scripture does not say, it does not say The Lord rejoices to see the work complete. It says the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. That trips us up so much. We think the Lord's not going to sing praises over us. He's not going to be excited for us until we hit the home run. Until we lose the 60 pounds. Until the marriage is perfect. Until the kids are, are raised we, 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 we think the Lord can't be excited for us or, or won't rejoice over us until we get the straight A's. But this scripture says that the Lord rejoiced over the beginning of the work. I hope, I, I hope that gives you some inspiration, gives you some hope. If, if you're looking at 2018 and thinking, like, this is what I need to do. This is some commitments I need to make. This is how I need to cooperate with the Lord. The, the Lord is rejoicing over you beginning the work as much as he will rejoice over you in the work being complete. It's not an either or. It's a both. So the wisdom of Zechariah 4.10 is about sustaining growth. I mean, if you get up there and you're trying to hit, aim for the moon and swing for the moon every single time, your strength is going to wane and you're just going to, you're going to give up. You're not going to be able to do it. I mean, our statistics show us that. So Zechariah 4.10 is about sustaining growth. It's about, it's really about being faithful. Uh, it's, it's putting your faith in trusting that God can, that God can accomplish something big with your small, consistent act of faith. It's putting the faith in God, not you. If I'm faithful in the little things, the Lord will do something big with it. See, what God expected of Zerubbabel would have been impossible without God. I just listed off all the things that he was facing. That would have been impossible without God. And so the Lord wanted to remind Zerubbabel, and I think he wants to remind us too, and he did this through the prophet Zechariah, that he could not do it under his own strength. Because just uh, four verses earlier, before Zechariah 4.10, in Zechariah 4.6, it says this, It is not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I think the Lord wanted Zerubbabel and us to understand that we can't complete this work under our own strength. We're not going to be able to succeed just by trying harder, by gritting our teeth. We're going to have to depend on the Spirit of the Lord working through our faith. Not necessarily through our strength, because our strength will will grow and, and become weaker, but through our faith. 
And see, if Zerubbabel would depend on the Spirit of God, the Lord encouraged him that he would succeed. Later on, you can read that he affirms and and confirms for Zerubbabel. He literally says, you will complete the temple, and when the final stone is laid, the people will praise me. He tells him that. You're going to succeed. But you're only going to succeed if you will not despise these small beginnings. And if you'll trust me with daily, small acts of faithfulness. I mean, it took years to rebuild that temple. Every day, Zerubbabel had to get up and say, I'm going to trust the Lord that I'm getting one stone closer to this project being complete. The next day, I'm one stone closer. I'm one wall closer. I'm one door frame closer to this being complete. So he had to be faithful and not despise the small things. So this is my hope for you. This is my hope for me. That rather than finding a resolution, a New Year's resolution that we can just knock out of the park or try to knock out of the park in three months or less, I hope that you hear from God today. My hope for you is that you would hear from God today about a project that the two of you, you and the Lord, can build slowly over time. So we all are prepared for 2018. And as we, as we think about that here in just a moment, uh, we're going to pray. But uh, before we get there, I want to remind you about two promises. As you look towards 2018 and you're like, okay, you know, Charlie made a good case. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe give this New Year's resolution thing a, a, a shot. You know, but I don't I have no idea. I've avoided this until today. You know, I want to give you two promises. So the first here uh, is actually a scripture in First Chronicles, and it it details for us what David said to his son Solomon to prepare him for the project of building the first temple. So Zerubbabel built the second temple. The first temple was built by David's son Solomon. And, and these are the words of encouragement that David gave to his son to prepare him for this project, this daunting task of, re, of building the temple of the Lord for the very first time. This is what he says. This is First Chronicles 28.20. Then David continued, be strong and courageous and do the work. Love that. Most practical scripture you'll, you'll hear in the Old Testament. Do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. Now maybe you're sitting there thinking... Wow, Charlie, that's super inspiring for the temple of the Lord that was built in the Old Testament. I don't really understand how that relates to us today. Well, who is the temple of God in the New Testament? We are. First Chronicles 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that, the, that God's spirit dwells within you? See, I believe the, the words of encouragement and the, and, the, and the promise that David 
offered to his son Solomon that the Lord will see to it that the work of the temple will be complete correctly and that he won't forsake him and he won't leave him, that he'll see to it that it's complete. I think that promise applies to us as well because we are the Lord's temple in the New Testament. And the Lord God is just as committed to completing the project of purifying the temple that is us in the New Testament as he was in the Old Testament. And so I believe that for every one of us, the Lord has some, some projects. He has some work that he wants to accomplish in us. In, in, in Wesleyan terms, we call that sanctification. The Lord wants to move and work in us and move us a step closer to holiness in 2018 than we were in 2017. But if we look at it and say, oh, i got to do that all on my own and i got to aim for the moon so I can live among the stars, you will not get there. We have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I, I can't do this on my own. And it's I, because, of, because of, of who I am, because I'm a human being, because life is difficult, I can only take a small step every day towards what you're wanting me to accomplish. And the Lord is like, that is fine. I can work with some small steps. In fact, I rejoice over small steps. And I think the Lord will say to us, I'll see to it. The Lord is looking at you and the project he has in mind for you in 2018. And he wants you to hear, I'll see to it that it's complete correctly. All I want you to do is to be faithful in small steps every day. And trust me that if you will do something small and trust me every day, that I'll, in the long term, accomplish something very big with it. So I want to invite Jason back up. I, I wanted to, I just can't let us leave 2017 without setting aside some time for prayer. And so um, I've got two questions that I want us to spend time praying over this morning. And if you have your bulletin, I, I really want you to have a piece of paper and a pen in your hand. So uh, your bulletin, um, your neighbor's back, whatever you need to write on, um, just get that out. Make sure you have a pen. There's plenty of paper uh, in the backs of the chairs. I just want you to have something because I, I believe the Lord might say something to you today that could impact the next year. And I don't want you to leave forgetting that. And so I want you to write it down. And so um, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm just going to be silent and let Jason play. And I just want you to really to pray and ask the Lord for the answer. I just really want you to try to be quiet and hear what God might have to say to you today. So this is the first question. What work would the Lord rejoice over you beginning in 2018? Don't get that confused with what work you might complete. Because this project might take longer than a year. Let's just focus on beginning. So I want you to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what work would you rejoice over me beginning in 2018? And I just want you to be quiet. I don't want you to be discouraged like we heard in the Chronicles. I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to be overwhelmed. Whatever it is, I just want you to trust that the Lord is going to see to it that that project is complete correctly. So whatever that is, I want you to write it down.
If you're praying, just continue to pray. If you're listening, continue to listen. Um, I'll just say, as I was sharing this sermon with my wife, Christine, she always challenged me to be practical, be practical, give us some application. And so I just want to tell you, uh, it also is just a spirit of accountability for me. The work that I believe the Lord will rejoice over me beginning in 2018 is I've just been challenged by this scripture in 1 Chronicles 28:20, And so I'm going to make a commitment to memorize that scripture over this next year. And uh, that may be, seem small, but I'm, I'm just really believing that God can do a big thing with a memorized scripture, with something that's hidden in, in my heart. And so uh, that's one for me. And then um, another one for me is I, I want to, in 2018, I feel like the project the Lord wants to work with me on is uh, elevating my value of prayer. Uh, I tend to be a one. I like to swing for the fence and grip my teeth and grab my bootstraps and do it on my own. And I think the Lord wants to deal with that in me this year. Now, maybe you heard something and you wrote it down. That's great. Uh, but if you're sitting there and you're like, uh, I didn't hear anything, don't panic. Maybe that's your project for this year. Maybe your project is to go before the Lord and just be silent and wait. Maybe he wants you to pursue him. And maybe you're not ready for that project right now, but in three months of prayer and pursuit of the Lord, you'll be ready. So if you didn't hear anything, that's your project. It's to continue to seek and ask until you hear. Now my second question, and I want you to go back before the Lord in prayer. My second question is this. Uh, what is one, one or two, small, repeatable steps you can take towards cooperating with God to see this work accomplished. Now, Zerubbabel had to get up every day and figure out what stones were going to go where. And he did that year after year after year. The Lord did something significant with those small, repeatable steps. So what is one or two small, repeatable steps you can take towards cooperating with God to see that work accomplished. Remember, it might not get accomplished in 2018. We're just focusing on beginning, the beginning. So I just want to give you some time to go back before the Lord. Again, if you didn't hear anything on, on your repeatable steps, that's your, that's your next step. Remember, we're not, this, this whole thing is about sustained growth, not quick results. It's about sustained growth, not quick results. And so I'll be honest with you. For me, I don't really, other than memorizing the scripture, I don't really know my next step for elevating my value of prayer. And so that's where I'm at right now is how the Lord and I are going to work together to, to accomplish that 
that project. So I just encourage you, as we look towards 2018, take a step of faith and trust the Lord with a project. I don't even like using the word resolution. A project the Lord wants to accomplish in you, a, a process of sanctification to make you more holy, to make you more godly, to make you more righteous, to enable you to shine brighter in the darkness. I say challenge you to trust the Lord. But don't just trust the Lord with the project, trust the Lord with the process as well. Let me pray for us.